0: What's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? On this show, we have a special guest. He has been a basketball coach. He's coached Fortune 500 companies, tons of top real estate agents. He's spoken on several stages, including 10X with Grant Cardone. Welcome to the show, Coach Michael Burt. All right. Welcome to the show, Michael. It's great to have you on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Before we dive into your amazing background and all the different people in multiple industries that you've helped, why don't you give our listeners here a brief uh, description of of who you are and and how you got to where you are today? found my
1: voice very early in life at 15, started coaching junior pro basketball uh, and immediately fell in love with coaching people. I was a, was a head coach at 18 years old at an elementary school, won a state championship at 18 while I was in college, went to the second largest high school in Tennessee at 19 as an assistant coach while I was in college and became the head coach, which made me the youngest head coach in the state of Tennessee at the second largest high school, uh, about 22 years old. And then I spent a decade of my life building a national championship program, but I was using very unique methodology. I was using the whole person theory that I learned from Dr. Stephen Covey. I was building uh, competitive intelligence in the players. My players were smarter, more connected. They played harder. And so people were constantly asking me, what are you doing with the kids, man? And uh, I said, I don't have time to explain it. So I started writing all these books behind me. Uh, I said, that would be one of, I think I've got 16 out in the market now. And I just started writing books about how I was winning games. And people began to, to, to hire me, Dan, to, to, be, to come out and speak to their people. State Farm, national healthcare, real estate companies, mortgage companies, and so I would go out and speak for maybe an hour on one of my books, and then those companies begin to hire me or want to hire me to be their coach. I stayed six more years till I was 31 years old. I retired from athletic coaching. I was the, like the number one coach uh, in in the southeast, one of the top five coaches in the country, and I retired to start what would become a multi million dollar coaching company. So all we do today is coach people from all walks of life, baby stars. What I call little stars with lots of potential all the way up to big stars that are doing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Wow.
0: How, how was it starting off coaching people that were, you know, not much, uh, different for, from you and age
1: like that. Was it ever hard or for them to accept or, or, you know, or, I think weird. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, cause I was 19 coaching 18 year olds and, um, but I, I think I carried myself in a very professional manner. And I always was kind of that kid that people say, that's the next up and coming dude. You know what I'm saying? Like I always carried myself as if I was already a head coach because I had this dream. And the dream was not to be an assistant coach or a freshman coach. Like I wanted to be the head coach. And I remember coaching a game and I wore something that looked a little sloppy. And the men's coach, I was on the women's side, the men's coach called me over after the game, and I, and I think I wore a sweater that was a little too long on me, or you, you know what I'm saying, and the men's coach called me over, who's this former college basketball coach, and he, he did this right here, and I, and I went over after a game, and he said, Son, do you want to be a head coach, and I said, absolutely, like, that's my dream, like, I want to be a, the next great head coach, and he said, well, don't ever dress like that again, Wow. <laughs> and he gave me this real hard coaching, and and I was like, dang, man, you're not even my boss, like, you're the men's coach, I mean, my my boss didn't say anything to me, but what he said to me was like, look, start carrying yourself. Like you're a big time person. Start, start go pro, man. Quit being amateur in your thoughts and how you dress and how you carry yourself. Start acting like you, you're the real deal. And I've never forgotten it. I actually really, really appreciated that hard feedback.
0: Yeah. And what a, what a blessing that he was able to give that to you because a lot of people might not care. And, 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 and you know great of you to to take it as very you know constructive uh, criticism or, or, or help. so um, that's that's a pretty cool story. I think a lot of people maybe box themselves in to where they are right now because of age or their background or, or where they're from so it's it's really refreshing to to kind of hear your your story and and that you were able to think about the next level and and not be put in a box.
1: Right. So I'm sure a lot of people struggle kind of getting out of the box that they think they should be in. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you study the numbers, 67% of people say they're going to work every day that they're disengaged with they're there physically, but they're not there mentally. They're not there emotionally. They, they secretly, Dan want to transition to something bigger. They just don't know how to do it. Right. And I wrote about that in my book, single digit millionaire. How did I go from a high school basketball coach to a millionaire? How did I go from a high school basketball coach to speaking on stage at 10x? How did I go from a high school basketball coach to having a jet? You know, how did I go from being a, making fifty thousand a year for ten years, you know, to generate millions of dollars in this new industry? And it was, it was the first part of being that coach for ten years was instrumental in the whole thing, right? Like it was like ten years of of working a muscle, ten years of getting better, ten years of learning a skill, and I think too many people unfortunately just give up like they get to a point in life and they just say this is it man this is as good as it's going to get this is the best life i'm going to have this is the most money i'm going to make this is the most deals i'm going to do and they literally just their spirit gets kind of crushed and they don't transition to what they're truly capable of becoming this is why i think people need a coach in their life you know a do, good a good coach can see something in you can can challenge you to become something you didn't think you you, you knew to become
0: do you, do you think their spirit gets crushed or do you do you think they just maybe a lot of them never even really try, or they, they say they want you know X, Y, and Z, but the the effort and what they do doesn't you know long term doesn't doesn't match
1: that? Well, I'm writing a book on this right now called Flip the Switch, and uh, it's a book about how to activate the prey drive in a person. P R E Y D R I V E. Prey drive is prevalent in animals, specifically dogs, and a dog sees something and has that that killer instinct, right, to go get it. Well, I believe after 28 years of coaching that humans have a prey drive. The problem is it's never been activated. You know, it's never been it's never been activated. So it's there but it's not alive, it's dormant. So what happens is the first step is they haven't been exposed to something like I haven't seen. Like what part of the country do you live in?
0: I, I my business is in DC, but yeah. I'm living down in Florida right now during the lockdown.
1: So. Okay. So so you know, I remember the first time I went to big cities, the first time I saw how fast th- these things happen and, 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 and like my mom opened up to a new possibility. I remember the first time I stayed in a nice hotel. I remember the first time I write like a lot of people are never exposed to these things. Therefore, they never think bigger. And this is a big problem. Like, like this one, I love that the, uh, the paragraph, I think it's the second paragraph in the first page of the richest man in Babylon. It says, every action we take is driven by our thoughts. Our thoughts are no wiser than our understandings. In essence, when we have, when we have small thoughts, we take small action, we get small outcomes. And until we get exposed to something, many times our prey drive is not activated. So we literally just go through the motions. We just go to our job. We just, we just keep doing this, repeating the pattern until somebody comes along and goes, man, look, you could do something bigger. And it was for me, Dan, I spoke when I was 25 years old, I wrote my first book and I spoke at, at an a elementary school basketball banquet. <laughs> okay. They didn't pay me. They fed me. <laughs> and, uh, when I was finished, this dude in the back came up to me and he said, man, you're good. He's like, you could go on the circuit. And I'm like, what do you mean? Circuit. He's like, well, coaches like Lou Holtz and these successful coaches go out and speak and they make millions of dollars writing books and speaking. And he's like, man, you, you have a cadence and a rhythm and a you have something to say. And I was like, okay. So I went home that night and I literally watched hours and hours of video of coaches, successful coaches, football, basketball, that were speaking. And I would look down there at Lou Holtz and he wrote a book and he was coaching Notre Dame and he also was speaking, and he was charging $100,000 per speech. And, and that night I was like, okay, I see what he's doing here. And it kind of awakened something in me like, man, I'm gonna be a successful coach, I'm gonna win championships, and then I'm gonna show other people how to win championships in life in business in the world and it really activated that prey drive in me so a lot of people if they don't have that experience they never they never get out of that static position
0: so was that was that the inflection point for you Is, you know speaking at that banquet having that random person make that co- that observation to you and then then you went you kind of sought out and, and- Went to find examples of that and then and then saw people doing it and s- decided, I guess, internally, hey, that, that could be me.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted, I had a desire, like many people do, to help other people. Like I was a young coach. I've been coaching since I was 15. I was now 25. I've been through some knockdowns, some breakdowns, some breakthroughs, you know, made mistakes. And I really had this desire to help other people, like young coaches, to be honest with you. I really was want to help young coaches. My first book was a book called Changing Lives Through Coaching. I would come back many years later and write this book, which is called Everybody Needs a Coaching Life, which would kind of be my life's work. And the interesting thing is I really wrote this book when I was 25. I just didn't have a lot to say <laughs> <laughs> because, because I was young. And so I came back and wrote it in my late 30s. And, um, but I had this desire to help people. This is very important for people out there because now I'm coaching coaches. Like now I have programs that coach people who have a desire to help people, but they don't know how to do it. And so I'm teaching them how to speak, how to coach, how to train, how to lead, how to get on stages, how to create products. You know, I'm really teaching people how to coach because 81% of Americans say they want to write a book. That's 200 million Americans believe they have something that would be of value to another person. They just don't know how to do it. And because I've done it for, you know, 28 years now, I'm now coaching coaches and how to be coaches or how to build coaching businesses. So I had that desire in me, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have a coach, a mentor. So I just wrote a book and I didn't really even know what I was doing. But when I wrote the book, now I have a message. When you got a message, now people were asking me to speak. When I would go to speak, then they would say, well, will you come back? And I'm like, well, I'm coaching basketball, can't really come back. And then, and then some of those people started to pay me more in an hour than I made in a whole month. I would go speak for an hour, like a big company, like Dell Computers, and they would pay me more in an hour than I made in, a hundred, you know, working, you know, uh, 80 hours a week. And I'm like, man, there's something to this. Like, they like it, I like it, but I hadn't won a championship yet, so I didn't feel like I should leave, so I stayed until I won a championship and then my school would go on to win seven of the next nine championships.
0: Oh wow! And then were you were you there for all of those, or did no. you, you? I left? was there
1: basically. I was there basically building the foundation for ten years. I won the first one, first one in the school's history, and then the next coaches that came in won seven more after me.
0: All right. So when you when you transitioned and, and went to full time, you know, coaching, speaking, how how did you grow it from? you know, what it was then to, to now, how did you, you know, how do you, how do you scale a coaching company or or a business like information business like that?
1: You know, it seems very difficult to scale. And I really struggled with this for, for many years. And I worked my butt off. And just to be honest with you, I would take on early on, I would speak and then, and then companies would hire me to be their coach and they would say, here's, you know, we're going to give you 500 people in these 43 banks in these 38 cities and you're in charge of helping us drive, you know, a billion dollars of revenue. And I would literally coach all 500 people. So I'd come up with the curriculum, the strategy, and I would coach these people, but it was incredibly demanding on me because that wasn't the only company I would take on. I would take on like five of those. And, but but what I learned by taking on five of those is how to do it, how do I coach? How How do I coach people in insurance? How do I coach real estate people? How do I coach mortgage people? I spent four years in the prison system rehabilitating uh, of maximum security offenders in the state of Tennessee. That was fascinating to go into pr- the maximum security prisons and try to turn a person's life around. And you know, so I learned all these tactics and strategies to deal with people of all walks of life, all backgrounds, how to connect to a person, how to, how to, how to, how to disarm a person from being nervous, how to, how to really bring a solution to them, how to get them excited about their future how to build a coaching curriculum that could drive results and sales. And so, but what I figured out is I kept running into the same problem. You know, I'd get to the same level of revenue every year. And I'd be like, how how, how am I going to scale this? Tired? (laughs) Like no matter how much energy, there's only so many people you can coach. So then we went, it was actually, it was actually uh, Grant Cardone who I met in 2012. And he asked me to do the original 10X with him in Riviera, Maya, Mexico. There were 75 people there. I met him there, Bradley there. Bradley's coming into Nashville to spend some time with me this weekend because I'm coaching him and how to package his content. And it was when I went to that conference, I'm, I'm talking about my coaching model and all this and Cardone looks at me and he said, look, man, I need you to quit talking like that. Quit talking so small. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm trying to dominate Nashville, Tennessee, right? And he's like, no, your market is planet Earth. You need to figure out a way to deliver your coaching services to anybody on the planet. And so I came back and I started studying these scalability models. So I studied the fastest growing churches in the United States. I actually wrote a book called The Accountable Church, that white book over my shoulder on, on how, the, how churches stay dynamic. How do they have 78,000 members? How does one pastor right, teach 80,000 people on a Sunday? And so I started studying those and then replicating those models. So now I teach, I have X number of people in my coaching program around the world, other countries. I teach like this afternoon, I'm doing a call. They're all over the world. On Wednesday, I teach for an hour. They're all over the world. And we simulcast it out and then I only take on so many companies at a time that typically pay six figures for me to be their coach. And then Do I you, started adding coaches. Started, you yeah, know, so adding.
0: That was going to be my second question is, or follow-up is, is, you know, did you add people? And, and so I'm guessing now you're coaching those people how to coach your clients.
1: Basically. But, but it, but it hasn't been as successful that way as I wanted it to be. I, we, we had certified coaches <clears throat> and, and in some pockets, some markets are very successful. Let's say you're in DC and you're one of my certified coaches and you're great at selling and you're great at closing and you're great at delivering. You may have a successful market teaching my content, but then I may have somebody in you know, Kansas City, Missouri, that's a total failure at delivering my content. They don't know how to sell it. They don't know how to get people in the room. They don't know how to, you, you see what I'm saying. So what I've done now, instead of having these coaches is I simulcast it. I use a church model where, where it's like I'm the pastor and I'm simulcasting it around the world. And we have online academies through Lightspeed with Bradley. And, you know, I take on X number of companies and I have an executive coach. So people that pay $25,000 and above, they typically don't get me. They get our executive coach. And he's coaching them on how to build, grow, and scale their businesses. He's 60 years old. He's sold a business for millions of dollars. And they get me at events because I love events. I love the boot camps. I love the live events. So, so what they do is they get me some and they get him some. And that's the way we do it now.
0: Gotcha. And what, what would you say you kind of mentioned it earlier that you, you have a certain method, you know, what, what's what's your secret sauce, if you can kind of
1: boil it down and, and, you know, the time we have here. The, the secret sauce is what is in is in the monster growth system. I write about this in a book called uh, Inside the Mind of a Monster, because my coaching program is called Monster Producer. Funny enough, my wife wrote a book called Living with a Monster, <laughs> which is uh, that's that book over here. Uh, which is how you, how you live with an obsessed person like me, an obsessed personality like mine. And, and I think her book could outsell my book any day because it really, it really solves a problem for people. But my methodology is six parts. One, activation of prey drive. Until the prey drive is activated in a person, nothing happens. And there are activators of this drive based on my 28 years of experience, okay? So I use all of those activators, competition, fear of loss, Exposure, environment, embarrassment. These are all activators. You know, these are all activators of a person's prey drive. Each person has their own activator. What activates yours may not activate somebody else's. So I first start with activation of prey drive. I then move to explanation of service. How do you explain your services in a world-class way, right? In a framework. I then move to a selling system called legacy selling, where I teach you how to generate leads through relationship selling. Then I move to how you follow up. Okay, then I move to how you extract referrals. Then I've moved to how you become a person of interest. Now, that attracts business to you. Now, I've written books on every one of those subjects. So that system is a system I coach. The beauty of the system is this. I can coach any person in any industry through that system. And I guarantee you, I don't care if they're doing $1,000 or a billion dollars There's somewhere in that system that they're losing money. Maybe they're great at at driving leads, but they're terrible at how they explain their services. Or maybe they're great at at driving leads, but they're terrible about working them to completion. Maybe they're great at driving leads, but they're terrible with follow-up. Maybe they're great with having a bunch of business, but they don't know how to get referrals. Maybe they're, you know, somewhere in that system, I find missing structures. And I've had billion-dollar companies, billion-dollar divisions of companies go, man, we're losing millions of dollars right there. Like we do a terrible job following up after the sale like we bought something the other day from a very successful uh, person in our industry. I wanted to learn from the person. So I got excited. I bought it for my team, but they didn't send us any way to consume it. So, so there's a glitch in their system that they didn't send out the information for me to actually consume the service. So, so they didn't have as many people participate and then they had disappointed customers and then they had, right. So there's somewhere that we're all losing money. All of us, including me, that many times you just can 't see because you can 't see the picture when you 're inside the frame and I, and I bring the structure and go Dan I bet you 're losing money right you 're losing money in one of these areas and let 's pick which it, where it is if I just help you with that one thing you 're going to make more money
0: yeah I think that's the advantage of a, of a coach is that even if you 're operating at a super super high level like someone with an outside perspective that's had experience in looking at other Top producers, like they, they, might see the the blind spot or, or the leak. You know, the small leak that's costing you thousands or or even more uh,
1: before you ever see it. Yeah, many times you're just, you know, I had a I had a course when I was working on my doctorate in uh, assumption and bias, and I couldn't understand. Like I was getting a leadership degree. This is my third degree, and I was like, why am I in this course? Like it's crazy. Here's what I figure out we all bring our own assumption and bias and prejudgment to every equation based on our own experiences. Right. Many, I can't see the picture when I'm inside the frame I bring, I'm too close to it. I'm too emotional about it. I'm too prideful about it. Like, like, right. Like, like I need somebody to come in and go, no, 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 no. You're you're looking at this all wrong. Like you're losing money here, here, and here. If you just focus on this. And many times it's the, it's the exposure to another person. Like it was the exposure to Cardone when I was, well, you know, you know, eight years ago to go, oh, yeah, man. Like, why am I not selling to people all over the planet? Why am I only selling to people in Nashville where I live? Like, this is crazy. Like, I needed another person. Then I needed Bradley to come along and go, you know, you need your own online academy, man. So people can be training by you every day. You know, you, like I needed these people to walk into my life and go, you're thinking like this and you need to be thinking like this. Okay. And so I'm grateful. But, but also, uh, I'm coachable. I'm humble. I'm open to anything closed off to nothing. Like, like I'm, I'm open when people give me hard feedback or critical feedback. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that.
0: What, what are some of the like biggest areas or most common areas for improvement that you've seen when you're coaching real estate agents? Cause I know you mentioned that you've coached a lot of real estate agents, including some of the top producers. So what are, what are some of those, you know, common, mistakes or things that need to be improved that you, you see
1: in real estate agents? I think, you know, I've coached, I'm coaching a team in Houston right now. that's doing hundred, about 150 million. I'm coaching one top agent here in Tennessee that I helped go from number 43 to number four in the market. He's doing about 160 deals per year. I coach the number one agent in South Carolina. What I see is the number one problem is they don't see their business as a business. They mm. see themselves as realtors. I, I try to teach people how to be businessmen and businesswomen. You are, you are a specialist, okay? You have a very special skill set in something. Negotiating, networks, marketing, regulating emotions in people. You are not just a realtor. This is the problem. There's hundreds of thousands of realtors. You need to think of yourself as a businessman or a businesswoman that has a very special skill set. Like I'm the number one negotiator in the state of Florida, like I can get more money per square foot than any other person on new home construction. So I try to teach the agents I coach how to be people of interest around the book that I wrote. And the, per, the, the agents that really latch onto this concept, write their own books, have their own shows, do their own things, right? Have their own podcast. What they're trying to do is create a separation. Like I've got one right now I'm working with to have his own restaurant and he's asking me, should I do it? I'm like, of course you should do it. Not because you're going to make money at the restaurant, but because it gives you brand recognition, and 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 people are going to come to your restaurant, and you're going to sell them real estate deals, and they're going to be relaxed, and even if they have a beer or have some food, you, like like what other real estate agent in our market has their own restaurant? You'd be the only one. Hmm. So I'm trying to get him to brand himself. So I come is, in with is
0: all uh, is the restaurant going to be branded? You know his 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 name or the real estate
1: company's name? It would be branded his name, because so he positioned himself as Good Time Tommy. So he's like. <laughs> So he's like this fun, fun, upbeat, likes to, likes to party, but, but serious, the great negotiator. So, so he's going to call it good time, Tommy's bar and grill. And it's going to be a place like me and Vaynerchuk believe the same thing on this. Every major person needs their own restaurant. Like you go to Chicago, you go to Jordan's restaurant, right? You go, you go to, you see what I'm saying? Like I'm good. I'm friends with Johnny Caraba, John, the original Caraba who founded Caraba's restaurants. You know, he uses that restaurant, man. Like you go to you go to his restaurant, and the way he works that room, it's full every night. He's having you know drinks with this person. He's having dinner with this person. Major real estate deals are happening. Like, like if I could ever talk my wife into it, I'm going to have a restaurant.
0: <laughs> I, I've I've never thought of that concept. But that's very very interesting. So I want I want to
1: well, I mean people. I want I want to follow
0: along and see yeah. how good. See how it does for good time. Good time
1: people, yeah. people, people make big decisions when the neocortex of the brain is involved and the neocortex only gets involved when the mind is relaxed, which is why people buy real estate on the weekends. Okay. It's, it's why, it's why, you, if you could get me to dinner and we're talking, you get my dreamer opened up. And when my dreamers open up, it's like, oh yeah. Like I'm looking at some real estate in Nashville next, uh, this week for, for a concept I have called a greatness factory and greatness factories are, unique destination locations for the greatest people in the community to come together. They've got podcast studios, gym, meditation, spa, training facilities, offices for rent, private club. I mean, it's like a cool space. And I'm looking at this space in Nashville, it's 30,000 a month for rent. It's downtown Nashville, it's $45 a square foot, but man, it's prime, prime real estate. I'm talking right above Broadway. And I've got a condo right on top of this building. And, uh, and here's the deal, you get me in the right mindset, the right location, maybe over dinner, you help me, you show me how I can make millions of dollars with it, I'd be open to doing it. You catch me on a Monday morning when I'm trying to run my business and coach 17 people at the same time, like like I may not be open to it. So, so you gotta understand, catch people when their dreamers are open. And typically that's on the weekend for a lot of people when their mind is relaxed, they let their mind out to play. Study billionaires, almost every self-made billionaire had their big idea when their mind was relaxed, not when they were in a pressure situation. They weren't in a pressure situation. Go, I got a billion dollar idea. Had a billion dollar idea when they're, you know, somewhere doing something goofing off. I call it creative loafing.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I I train for Ironmans and and do a couple a year. And I I tend to like when I'm running or biking for, you know, an hour or two, like that's kind of when some of my creative thoughts come come
1: alive when i'm just kind of zoned out running actually 100 percent, absolutely i mean that's that's your mind is 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 has permission to run wild then
0: hey hold that thought for a minute do you want to take your real estate business to the next level if you do there's no reason to go it alone Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we want to give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. What are, what are some ways that, you know, real estate agents that maybe don't have the capital yet to, to open a restaurant, <laughs> that they can put a buyer or a seller into this dreamer or relaxed mode? I mean, is it just, you know, serving them food, or wine, whatever? Like, like, how do they, coffee, how do they get, you know, get people to get in this relaxed mindset and and make decisions about housing without, without, you know, going
1: to the lengths of opening a restaurant because not everyone's there yet. Absolutely. I think you got to understand that there's ways to win in real estate. One is you should be prospecting every day for a minimum of two hours, two to four hours a day, every day. You look at the top real estate agents doing over a hundred deals. I've coached the top real estate agent in South Carolina who's making 1.7 to $2 million a year in a town of 7,000 people, he prospected every day from 9 to 11. He he wore, he wore dressed up every day. You know, that was his style. He went to lunch every day with somebody influential in the community. And then he spent all afternoon solving real estate problems. So he had a very simple philosophy. I prospect in the morning. I solve the world's problems in the afternoon. And he was doing 160, 175 deals a year in a town of 7,000. Most agents do not have the discipline to do that every day. They just don't prospect enough, so, so their volume is not high enough. Their numbers are not enough. Now the guy I'm coaching that's going to start the restaurant got an 18 year old and a 22 year old. He pays them two thousand dollars a month, and they sit there all day long and make outbound phone calls as like his own little call center. He only then he's got two other agents that are really strong communicators, good people, and then he sets up at the top and kind of dreams and it's like the magician. Right? He comes in, he negotiates big deals. What he really does is coach them every day. He don't even get involved in the little deals. And they're doing, you know, 160 deals a year. So I think the agent just getting started needs to understand there comes a time when winter asks what you did all spring and summer. When I first started my (laughs) when I first started my speaking business, man, I didn't just sit around and wait on speaking engagements. I called people every day. I worked the phone system. Like I I worked the selling system. And you know, and and but you got to understand the entertainment side of this. People make decisions when they go to ball games together and sit on the back porch and go to the lake. And they need, if you're going to, if you, you, you got to understand when you study the top agents, what they do, man, they're great at entertaining people. Like I'm thinking about right now, the great agents in my market of Nashville and how good they are at making you feel comfortable, how good they are at, you know, meeting you for lunch or dinner, how good they are. At, like my agent takes me to breakfast every Saturday morning. You know, and we just talk life, success. His team calls me two to three times a week just to check on me. Like, like, like he understands the concept of taking good care of great clients. And I think if, if you were just real attentive, man, you, you can make a lot of money in the real estate market if you just work a system every day and be disciplined, but also understand the entertainment value of getting people in relaxed settings, having events, having showcase events, like the way they do open houses in California. It's very different than the way they do open houses in some market. I mean, they turn them into parties in California, broker <laughs> events, right? They, they bring music in and they like, like my top agent I coached in Nashville, her claim to fame was she would go out to LA and see how they had open houses, which is parties, events, large numbers of people. Then she would bring that concept back to Nashville. Well, nobody was doing that in Nashville. I mean, in Nashville, they were putting out Otis oh, Spunkmeyer cookies <laughs> and, and you know, uh, a couple of cheese sticks or something. Well, and she brought that concept back and she was having these parties at these events where there was 200 and 300 people and, and she was getting more money per square foot than anybody in Nashville on new home construction because she got more attention for the properties. So I think you got to, the, the clues are all around us. We just got to look out and go, what's, what's that dude doing? What's she doing? How can I do my version of what they're doing?
0: Yeah, I like I like the idea of, looking outside of your market or even outside of your industry and figuring out something that someone's doing successful and bringing it back to your industry or location i think that's like a killer tip for anyone out there is like don't don't look i mean yes study the top agents in your market but but look outside of it and look outside of your industry and if you can find that that you know empty space that that, that no one is doing yet in your market and go out and do it you know, you'll, you'll, you'll kill it. So I think that's a great piece of advice. I, I think a kind of a follow-up question, because I, I like the story of, of how that lady did that, uh, you know, bringing those big events back. I think, I think this would be a good time to talk about pivoting and adapting to what's going on because a lot of people, you know, maybe have had success with those, that event selling. And, you know, since March, since coronavirus, that's, that's, that's been hard to do. So what, what are, have you, have you seen people that were using events successfully in person events? And it doesn't even have to be, you know, in real estate, just in any industry, like, what are they doing right now to? Well, well,
1: I mean, that, that would be my industry, right? Like I'm a live coach. I do live events all over the country. I I was, you know, speaking 150 times a year. A lot of my clients are in other parts of the world that I would fly to. Um, So we've all had to pivot. And what we've done is we've taken it online. Now, let me put it in the context of a real estate agent. My agent that's doing 160 deals a year that I've been his personal coach. When I started coaching him, he was doing 38 deals a year and uh, making $80,000 a year. Seven years later, he's now sometimes making $80,000 a month. He has a daily show every day on Facebook, right? He calls it the Daily Grind, which is morning sales training for anybody. He, he's using it for prospecting, by the way. He's using it for recruiting to his team, but he does a daily show every day. Every Saturday morning, he does Saturday morning sales training. And what's interesting is people are starting to show up. He opens it up to the public and people are actually like young, hungry people show up there on Saturday morning wanting to learn. And then he broadcasts it on Facebook. This is a way you pivot, man. Like I've gone to online some seminars, virtual summits. You, you know, when it comes to this greatness factory that I'm I'm looking at, I, I got a guy in my coaching program that does high end virtual training, high end virtual tours, not just virtual tours like most real estate companies where you can see the room, kind of move around the room, but like where I pop up and explain the vision for each room and like you see it, it's really cool, right? So I've got him doing that from my greatness factory concept for investors to show people what it would look like this with walking through the facility and going in each room and me popping up and telling the narrative. Like, I think there's all kinds of things you can be really creative. What, what you can't do is you can't just say, well, I can't do this, or I can't do that. Cause I'm coaching agents in New York city and agents in New Jersey. Right. And, and right. I know it's very, it's very different than Than Tennessee, because in Tennessee, we're all back to normal. Like people are eating and people are going places and everybody's back to work. And, you you, you know, so it's it's normal for us in Tennessee, but it's not that way in California. It's not that way in New York or New Jersey or places like that. Right. So they got to be creative. Here's what they're here's what I guarantee they're not doing. Let me I'm going to use a context from insurance world. I was with an insurance company the other day coaching the regional vice presidents. They, in turn, manage 500 agents across the state of Tennessee. They took me back in the back and they showed me a tool that they have. And the tool shows every person in the state of Tennessee and how much insurance they have and what products they don't have. And it gives you their name and their phone number. Guess what they couldn't get those agents to do. Get online get online on on the They don't have to get online. They're giving it to them. It'd be like me giving you Like if you're in Florida right now, Dan, it'd be like me giving you every name of every person in Florida and showing you exactly what product they need. And I gave you their phone number and I gave you their email, but you won't pick up the phone and call them. Well, the same thing is true in the real estate market is that you have all the connections you need to sell real estate. You don't need more money. You need more people, right? The people have the money. So, if I was a real estate agent, what would I be doing right now? I would be highly engaging with my current client base. I'd be high, highly engaging with my past client base. I'd be pumping out content to my database all the time. I'd be hosting weekly podcasts and shows. I'd be writing the book that I need to, that I need to write so that I can be an expert. I'd be, I, man, I would be working a system to generate attention and leads to me versus saying, well, I can't do this. 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 Well, I can't do this.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think real estate is a, a unique industry because if, if you just do what what you said, you know that first guy does, like call two hours a day. If, if you do that for a year, there's almost no way you won't make six figures your first year, and probably multiple six figures within a few years. And you know, it doesn't take money, it doesn't take connections, it doesn't take a, a big education, none of that. So there, there's almost no other industry I can think of with such a low barrier to enter, but but people just won't get on well, the phone for two hours a day. Yeah.
1: They got, they got lazy. They got, they eat up with laziness and fear, man. Listen, at the end of the day, anybody that got, gets in that arena that really works a system, it's a game of probability for every 30 people you talk to 4.8, will be open and interested. Average person is going to buy four to seven homes in their lifetime. Each home should be worth 5.7 referrals. 67% of people use the very first real estate agent that contacts them. They don't use the best one, the most, the best looking one or the most experienced one, right? Most sales happen between seven and 15 touches, 80% of the time, 98% of agents never call a customer back once they put them in a home. Like, man, it's such, it's an industry that you, yeah. can, it's an industry you can <laughs> dominate in, man. You can dominate in this industry. And, and if you ever get that, that you this is an industry that you can you dominate in insurance. You could dominate in mortgage. You could dominate in real estate. There's certain industries I really believe with just a big engine and some coaching, you could truly win at the highest levels.
0: I, I don't know if I've ever heard it said better. So so thank you for, for putting it out there like that. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to do our hyper fast round. If you're ready for a few rapid fire questions and answers. I'm ready. All right. Uh, what is the biggest challenge you've ever faced
1: and how'd you overcome it? Biggest challenge I ever faced was taking a place that had never won in 30 years <laughs> and turn it into a <laughs> national national powerhouse. It almost killed me in the process. I had a full head of hair, by the way, when I started. It was the, It was the biggest challenge, but the most rewarding thing I've ever done as well.
0: If you had to start all over and you couldn't Take your money, your connections, or or any of that. Your reputation, you know, all you could take is the knowledge you've acquired over over decades.
1: Uh, what would you do differently starting out? I would have, I would, I would get coaching earlier in life. I, from twenty to thirty, I did not have good business coaching, and it probably cost me millions of dollars learning the hard way.
0: All right, what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent?
1: prospect two to four hours every day, high volume, high volume, high volume.
0: All right. Biggest piece of advice to an
1: experienced real estate agent. Become a person of interest where people are chasing you and understand the leverage. Like I've interviewed David Osborne, number one Keller Williams person in the world he has got 5,000 agents underneath him. They're doing 12 billion. He would teach you to understand, he teach you to understand leverage of other people's time.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's like running multiple businesses. He's, I mean, he's got like, I don't know how many others, like 50 streams of income or something like,
1: yes. Interesting guy, but but he would tell you getting to the other side ain't as hard as you think it is, it just takes some guts and courage.
0: All right. Uh, last one. Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Hopefully uh, one of the top five motivators in the world. I mean, my desire is to be, on the same stages with some of the top people, some of the top thought leaders in the world. That's my, that's my goal. I mean, I only, I started 13 years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to play at the national international level.
0: Well, we, we definitely hope to see you there and, and wish you out well on that journey. And this has been amazing advice. You know, we get a lot of real estate agents and investors on this show, but, but really for anyone. So hopefully a ton of people tune in and, and, listen and watch. And if, if people do want to connect with you or learn more about you, what are, what are some of the best ways or.
1: Yeah. I think do you connect or, or, or books that you would recommend? Yeah. I mistakes? think you just go to coachburt.com, C O A C H B U R T as in tiger.com. You can see all the events that I'm doing. I'm doing boot camps. I'm actually coming to Naples, Florida to, to do a big real estate event uh, in July. I've got like 250 to 300 people that'll be there. Then I'm doing one in Atlanta, Georgia, for real estate agents in July. So I'm doing big events for your industry. You can go to coachburt.com and just check out all the things I'm doing. Sign up for my coaching programs. We have online programs to all types of programs. Uh, and we're coaching some of the top real estate people in the country. And we're coaching little baby stars that are just getting started. So I'm open to everybody. All
0: right. Well, go to coachburt.com, Check it out. And Thank you so much for being on the show and for all the value you gave everyone that tuned in and listened
1: and watched. You got it, big guy. Thanks for having me. You guys keep up the good work. We'll see you next time. Okay, see you now